John Kerry announced that he is stepping down as the U.S. climate envoy and is expected to focus on President Biden's re-election campaign. And it's not a great sign that Biden's campaign is a bigger emergency than climate change. And uh, Boltneck has done such a great job with the weather that he's time he moved over to fix the Biden campaign, I guess. Good luck to all of us, all of humanity. The best of luck, humanity. Because we're in pretty deep around here, are we not? Uh, it's not a happy thing to say, but... Michael Piercy back in the saddle today. After uh, accommodating a family uh, family emergency, a family issue on uh, on Friday, and uh, here he is back. He's got a great big bomb on his T-shirt. It's a pig. It's a pig bomb. Oh, it's Sam Jones barbecue with an upside down pig. That's not halal. <laughs> Speaking of halal, did you see the guy? crossing illegally across our southern border into the United States from the Middle East, who declared we'll all know who he is soon enough. We'll all know who he is. And uh, under the Biden administration, we just wave people into the country. You know, the terror numbers are pretty, pretty startling, pretty alarming. Coming across our southern border, the last two years of President Trump in office, we encountered three people, three people, crossing illegally across our southern border that were on the terror watch list. Three people in 2019, three people in 2020. And then last year, we had 169 people on the terror watch list that we encountered. Now, you know, you got to, the ones that really want to do harm, they might sneak in and you might not encounter them. But uh, this is what an open border can do for you if you're a radical Islamic jihadi terrorist. It's a it's an interesting thing. So I, uh, I want to update you on that, and uh, and happy Monday to you and welcome. We have a great deal going on, as always. Tomorrow, the, the primary, the presidential primary in New Hampshire, Joe Biden's not on the ballot because, you know why, Michael? Because of race. That's the correct answer. South Carolina, it's for the Democrats, the party of the Confederate States of America. It's about race. It's always about race because... It's not just a presidential race, it's a race race, and and they uh, love all that. But in uh, New Hampshire tomorrow, interesting goings-on. There are about 300,000 registered Republicans in the state. It's a small state, about 300,000 Democrats, so that's pretty much an even split. Then there are about 400,000 people who have no party affiliation or independents or no party affiliation, right? And they, uh, uh, they can vote apparently either way they want and they and also you have this same day registration stuff for a lot of a lot of things although there's some question about whether you can vote in the in the Republican primary if you didn't register early on uh, and uh, you know our news media I'll keep uh, scratching the surface on that and see what I can come up with President Trump uh, responding after Governor Ron DeSantis dropped out. Yesterday, I was like, wow, that just came right out of the blue, right out of nowhere. Uh, no prep, no setting the table, just bam, Ron DeSantis is out. And he endorsed President Trump immediately after dropping out. And President Trump was asked about uh, Ron DeSantis dropping out and asked about Nikki Haley still in the race. It's a two-person race. 
It's not a two-man race. It's a two-person race. And, but that's okay because one's an actual woman and the other's an actual man. See, it's uh, like that. Because in the Democrat Party, you never know. Could be a lot more complicated than that, couldn't it? Yes, it could. But the uh, big New Hampshire primary tomorrow, and it's a big day for Democrats and for Republicans and for President Trump leading into Super, Super Tuesday. And he is just crushing Nikki Haley in the polls in New Hampshire. And uh, that is a, uh, that's a good thing. I've got, I've got that for you today, and I've got a lot more as well. Because, for example, in Chicago, the mayor of Chicago, he's a Democrat, he's a defund the police Democrat, and he was hospitalized, hospitalized, I tell you, with anxiety. He's having panic attacks, and he was hospitalized. Such a panic, he's a, you know, big, big, strong man. He's the mayor of the city of Chicago, the city of big shoulders. And he is in the hospital because of panic attacks, because he's a Democrat, he's a defund the police Democrat. Maybe the police stopped protecting him altogether, something like that. We'll get into that as well, too, because they are, they are crazy. They're crazy people. And our open border, that's one of his big problems in Chicago is our open border, right? And the Democrats, they're one of Dem- uh, Pre- President Trump secured our southern border, and they called him a racist. Remember, they said, you're a racist. You want to s- close our border. Well, I want to secure and control our border. You're a racist because the party of lynching, they love to go around calling everybody racist. That's the Democrat Party. Look it up. And, and amazing stuff. So he wants to secure the border, and they call him a racist, right? And then, and then Chicago is overrun by illegal aliens, and they're furious about it, and they want to kick them all out. New York City is overrun by illegal aliens, and they're furious about it. And the Democrat mayor there said that the illegal aliens are destroying or going to destroy the city of New York, right? And then they look around, and... New York is being overrun. Chicago is being overrun. So you know what they do? They call Donald Trump a racist. It's kind of an amazing thing. Democrats, they, that's uh, sort of a one-note thing, aren't they? Yes, they are. So I've got uh, that craziness for you because, wait a minute, I, you, aren't you guys the racist now? You guys are that you don't want to be a sanctuary city anymore and you're furious about all the illegal aliens. I think by your own metric, by your own standard, that makes you the racist in this conversation, doesn't it? No, no, no. No, no, Trump's still the racist. It's amazing stuff. So we've got uh, updates for you on on a bunch of that. And and Ron DeSantis endorses Trump while suspending his 2024 campaign. And that just came right out of the blue yesterday. It, it was shot to me by text. In fact, two different text threads within about 30 seconds of each other shooting me the Ron DeSantis dropped out thing and pretty amazing stuff. Trump congratulates Ron DeSantis dropping out at a New Hampshire event, says, I appreciate that. He says, I appreciate that. And then Nikki Haley says there's one fella and one lady. One fella and one lady. She might be writing a Broadway show. It's not clear where she's, because it sounds like lyrics to, uh, to a musical of some kind. One fella, one lady left, she said. And uh, we'll update you on that. And it looks like she is going to get rolled over in New Hampshire, but the Democrats are looking to monkey wrench the system. That's an old term where they want to throw a monkey wrench into things. They want to monkey wrench the system by having independents and unaffiliated voters show up to vote against President Trump and for Nikki Haley. Uh, But we're going to have to put an asterisk after the results in New Hampshire because the Democrats are organized naturally. They're the left and they're orchestrating a monkey wrenching of the 
of the primaries there by having a bunch of non-Republicans come in to vote against President Trump. And then they'll, you know, uh, smirk and giggle and think it's cute. And we got uh, that going for us. So also I was reading in the news today that in Senegal, Senegal is in Africa, it's a country in Africa, and the party in power, they have excluded two opposition leaders, the two leading opposition leaders, have been excluded from the ballots because that's what happens in third world countries in Africa. And it's what happens when Democrats run states in the United States of America, too. I saw it, and I say, you know, this is the kind of thing we used to scoff at as Americans. Say, oh, look at this, how tragic, how sad that Senegal is excluding the corrupt leaders there, excluding the the leading opposition uh, figures from the ballot because they don't want them on the presidential ballot. So the uh, opposition leaders, two of them in Senegal, excluded from the final list of presidential candidates because the party in power has the has the ability to do that. And I noticed that Democrats are doing that here in the United States at every possible opportunity, too, because they are essentially Senegalese when it comes to their their political lilt. They're not on our side. Also, you know, speaking of the Democrat Party, the Soros family, you know the Soros family, anti-Semites that they are. I like to beat them to the punch, just call them anti-Semites before anybody calls you an anti-Semite for using their names. You know, if you use their name, then the Democrats call you an anti-Semite. It's like calling you a racist because you want to secure the border, but then they want to uh, incarcerate or kick every illegal alien out of Chicago and New York, but they're not racist. See how that works? Because, you know, they're too busy lynching people. The uh, amazing stuff. But uh, Alex Soros, who is the son and heir apparent to the uh, very aged George Soros, Alex Soros was naturally at Davos where he was speaking, and he's talking about what a what a terrible threat Donald Trump is to the United States and the world, and the only thing that will stop him is jail. He's got to be, because it's the third world. The left is the third world, and this is the left. These are not liberals. This is the left. Soros is not a liberal. He is a leftist. His son is a billionaire, uh, candy pants, leftist. And uh, he's not on our side. He's on the side of the Davos crowd, but he's not on the side of humanity or the United States of America, which are effectively the same thing. But Alex Soros, the heir apparent uh, at Davos, said outrageous things about President Trump, and he's a threat to everything and everyone. And the Democrats everywhere uh, trotting this out. Oh, Donald Trump is too dangerous. He was president for four years. Um, What happened? during those four years that made him dangerous. Securing the border, great economy, low gas prices, grocery store shelves were full. Uh, You could go into a CVS and it hadn't been looted down to the bare bones of the shelves because Democrats are all criminals. Uh, And let's see, what else? No war in Europe, no war in the Middle East, no war in Asia. Uh, It was pretty good. uh, that's, That's what we're in danger of, having no war and a healthy economy and low gas prices and grocery store shelves will be bountiful if Trump is president. And the Democrats don't want that because we're marching toward authoritarianism. Uh, but this Soros, son of Soros, he, um, the, the, the danger, the threat that Donald Trump poses and, and how he's got to be in prison, that's the only way to stop him. That's what he said at Davos. 
And then he's got an X account. It turns out he's got an X account, not a truth account, but an X account. And he posted, Alex Soros posted, a um, maybe a somewhat cryptic pair of photographs. The first photograph is a bullet hole through a thick pane of glass. A bullet hole looks like a large caliber bullet hole through a thick pane of glass. And next to that is, ironically, cash, American cash. And, and it's a $20 bill and then two $10 bills, so that's 40 And then a $5 bill and two $1 bills, and that's 47 And, uh, you know, President Trump, 47 and a bullet hole through the glass. I think the Secret Service should raid this guy's penthouse. Um, you're going to have to come in through his private helicopter pad, perhaps on the roof. But that looked an awful lot like a specific and explicit threat to shoot Donald Trump and kill him. That's what it, it it's being interpreted that way, and I think correctly and fairly so, because Alex Soros, the billionaire Soros boy, who looks a little like a fish, doesn't he? He's, uh, he's not a, he's never thrown a football, has he? No, he he can't. He doesn't own a baseball mitt, does he? No, um, he doesn't surf. I can uh, tell you. Yeah, but he tweets out bullet hole and forty-seven direct violent threat to Donald Trump is the way that it's being interpreted. After really hours after at Davos saying that Trump has to be stopped and only jail can stop him, and I'll get into that with you because this is the left, and the left is dangerous. They're the most murderous bunch of brigands the world has ever seen. Nobody else has murdered 100 million people, but the left has murdered 100 million people. Since, you know, just start the clock at the Bolshevik Revolution in 1917, 100 million people murdered in the name of bringing about utopia. Uh, and our open borders, the Democrats, our open borders crowd, and, and this is a remarkable one. I mentioned it, but a migrant who illegally crossed into the United States threatened me uh, this is an ex post saying, You find out who I am very soon with his thick Arabic accent and his uh, beard and his uh, pay no attention to this, simply because I asked him where he was from. Said, Hey, where are you from? And he said, You'll find out. You'll find out who I am. For-. I didn't ask who you are, terrorist boy. I asked where you're from. It's a perfectly cordial thing to do when you're, uh, you know, introducing yourself to the United States of America by breaking our laws as a first step, but I get into that. Pretty amazing stuff. Uh, also, out of, the, uh, out of the tennis world, Novak Djokovic was being heckled on the court playing a tournament, being yelled at, saying, hey, get vaccinated. You know, this is a professional tennis player that refused to get vaccinated because he's really healthy and uh, he doesn't want to inject in- experimental drugs into his bloodstream. Well, A very ironic, a very ironic story surrounding uh, Novak Djokovic and the heckler and and his decision to not get vaccinated and and his critics. Uh, Also, updates on the Democrats being Jew haters. They hate the Jews. What's going on with that? At Harvard and beyond, uh, the Washington Post, it's the Washington Post, yeah, it's the Washington Post, is trying to blame Republicans for all of this Jew hatred going on in the United States, anti-Semitism. And um, that's kind of ironic. I've got marijuana stories for you today, too. Turns out marijuana is not as good for the kids as we had originally hoped. Remarkable stuff. And uh, Chicago. Chicago's a mess. 
We've got Chicago updates for you. And we are at 888-630-9625. Hey, it's Chris Plant. Excited to tell you about our July 2024 Listener Sea Cruise. We'll be sailing around the British Isles, visiting Scotland and Ireland. Please join us. Visit chrisplantcruise.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. The uh, staff and faculty at California University is going on strike. They're headed out on strike because they want stuff. They want a lot of stuff. And I think the whole uh, state, it's a statewide strike for the California State University system. San Diego State University, Cal State, San Marcos, expecting disruptions Monday when CSU, California State University faculty, go on statewide strike. They have uh, their signs made up, and they have matching T-shirts, and they're, they're going on strike. And they're, uh, what do they want, you might ask? Well, they want uh, a 12% pay raise. That's kind of a traditional thing, 12% pay raise. Um, and they want to have uh, extended paid parental leave, which they already have, but they want to extend it and make it longer and uh, paid. And that's because a lot of their men are giving birth now. Some of their men have wombs and ovaries, and they're giving birth. You got your pregnant emoji, pregnant man emoji on app on your iPhone and stuff. So they want to have that. And they want to have gender-inclusive restrooms at all of the California state universities and um, the various California university systems. They want to have gender-inclusive bathrooms. And Michael Piercy and I were talking about this, and well, they have men's rooms and they have ladies' rooms. That means they have gender-inclusive bathrooms, see? Because you got men, and then you got women. Those are the two genders. They also want to limit police power on campus because they're pro-transgender and anti-police, and they want more money, something about parental leave. So they're all going to go on strike. And it might be the best thing for California and the world if they went on strike and, and never came back. They don't have the same kind of anti-Semitism problem they have at Harvard, though. You see the news story out of Harvard? They set up an anti-Semitism task force. You'll never guess what happened next. And our... Uh our straight white males going to leave the United States and start our own country someplace else? It's uh, it's there on the X. It's on X. It's being kicked around. That's uh, that's a little bit of fun. Yes, it is. You know the Democrats and their DEI. Um, they love racial division. Oh, and we've got uh, also Alec Baldwin had a bad weekend, huh? He's now been charged because he shot and killed that woman on the movie set with the pistol, which he said he didn't point and he didn't pull the trigger and he didn't have anything to do with it except, you know, that he picked up the gun and pointed it at her and pulled the trigger and shot her. Other than that, he had nothing to do with it. He um, is a bit of a narcissist and 
and uh, probably a sociopath, which is common for people in his in his position, in his situation. Extraordinary, extraordinary, I say. Now, the uh, I, I want to share with you because I have many things to share with you. I want to share with you a story about uh, tennis great, tennis legend, tennis champion Novak Djokovic, and. The news media is all over it. Uh, a couple of days ago in Australia, they're having the Australian Open. Novak Djokovic is playing. He's He's been, I guess, controversial because he declined to be vaccinated for the Wuhan, for the Wuhan Red Death, because he's really healthy and he figured it's a virus and if I get it, I'll get over it and I'll be fine, but I don't want to inject stuff into my bloodstream that I don't know enough about. So he decided not to be vaccinated. And uh, good for him. And because of that, he was, I think it was Joe Biden barred him from coming in the United States to play tennis, didn't he? Because Joe Biden is a commie and a sock puppet. Oh, there's a funny story today, too, about a poll. Most people think that Obama is running running the show and not Joe Biden. I got that coming up as well. But back to Novak Djokovic, because he was heckled at the Australian Open, who's yelling at him, get vaccinated, while he is... Uh, revving up for match point. Now, he's again, it's the Australian Open. That's a big deal. And he is bouncing the ball. He's standing on the line. He's uh, revving up. He's about to raise his racket for match point, about to hit match point. And a disruptive left-wing authoritarian get-vaccinated mandate kind of person uh, jumped in to to try to trip him up, and it worked because he didn't actually hit the ball. He paused, and then he went on to win, but never mind. Four match points. Please. Please. The crowd getting a little rowdy at tennis. Australian Open heckler yells, get vaccinated as Novak Djokovic prepares to serve, and he's preparing to serve uh, for match point. And he wins, and uh, he's the big winner because he's a great tennis player, and and he's uh, wonderful. Now, he had, uh, and, you know, and, and uh, good for him on every level for winning in the Australian Open and for being brave enough. You shouldn't have to be brave, but you do brave enough to stand up to the mob and say, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a world-class athlete. I'm in great shape. I'm very healthy. If I get the virus, I'll get past it, and then I'll develop natural immunity, which is what we've been doing for millennia, but never mind that. And the left is here, and they like everything to be mandatory. They don't care what you do as long as it's mandatory. And what they do not want to make mandatory, they want to ban. But it was... It was uh, an interesting moment at the Australian Open, and Novak Djokovic was was notably barred due to his vaccination status back in 2022 from the Australian Open. Nobody's won more men's single titles uh, at the Australian Open than Djokovic, and um, the uh, the moment was a very interesting moment. and And it's a lefty, of course, you know, man, it, it just wanted to be mandatory, right? Now that is kind of interesting. Kind of interesting. But then there's another story that goes with that. And here's the other story that goes with that. There is a 
there was a news reporter by the name, a sports reporter by the name of Mike Dixon, D-I-C-K-S-O-N, not D-I-X-O-N, and his uh, 59-year-old sports writer, Mike Dixon, has been plaguing Djokovic with attacks on him for not being vaccinated. Now, why would Mike Dixon care whether Djokovic was vaccinated or not? That's a very good question. I can't explain that. But some people are just, they like to be in other, everybody else's business. Now, here it is from Colin Rugg. Colin Rugg, 59-year-old sports writer Mike Dixon, who despised tennis star Novak Djokovic for not getting vaccinated, attacked him for not getting vaccinated, articles about what a terrible person he is for not getting vaccinated. Well, Mike Dixon dies suddenly while covering the Australian Open. No sense of irony, honestly. Now, that is a holy cow moment to be sure, and Colin Rugg posted it on X. Dixon, who constantly shamed Novak Djokovic for not getting vaccinated, collapsed and died, according to a statement put out by his family. The statement from the family says, We are devastated to announce that our wonderful husband and dad, Mike, has collapsed and died while in Melbourne for the Australian Open, the statement read. Now, Mike Dixon, who who died tragically and suddenly at the age of 59, sports writer at the Australian Open covering the, the event where the uh, tennis star Novak Djokovic was being heckled by uh, lefties in the crowd, get vaccinated. What, what do you care whether I get vaccinated or not? Why, why would you be concerned with my vaccination status? I'm fine over here. Leave me alone. But Mike Dixon, here's one headline that Mike Dixon wrote about about Novak Djokovic. He wrote, Novak Djokovic could ruin his chances of becoming the GOAT, you know, the greatest of all time, by refusing to take the vaccine. It is a strange hill to die on, he said, for a player who is so desperate to be loved. And that is Mike Dixon, who is beating up on Novak Djokovic for not being vaccinated. So, we can go ahead and I think safely assume that Mike Dixon, the sports writer, was vaccinated and probably boosted. And then he died suddenly and unexpectedly while at the Australian Open where Novak Djokovic is playing and being heckled uh, because irony, irony is, uh, is a powerful thing. That's a pretty amazing story. So good for Nat- Novak Djokovic, good to him for standing up against the machine, uh, good for him for being a great tennis player and and, uh, you know, uh, making that match point and, and winning while he's being heckled for not being vaccinated while a 59-year-old sports writer drops dead and, you know, uh, uh, dies at the Australian Open. I, and again, is he vaccinated? Uh, of course he's vaccinated. He couldn't go around. He wouldn't. Nobody would, right? Go around yelling at somebody else for not being vaccinated unless you were vaccinated to death, so to speak. And have there been... Uh, instances of heart failure that may or may not be, but I don't know of anybody looking into it. I know the New York Times is not looking into it, uh, whether vaccines causing heart failure or other sudden death issues, where we've seen an awful lot of, you know, 20-year-olds who are professional athletes, and and you've seen the, the professional referees in soccer just dropping dead. And here comes 59-year-old. Now, it's not out of the question. People die at 59. But um, what's, and they're not giving a cause of death. They just say he died suddenly, which usually means a heart failure or a stroke. And does that have anything to do with clotting and, and so on? 
So that is a uh, that's a, a fascinating story out of the world of tennis and the world's the world of sports sports journalism sports journalism, pretty amazing, pretty amazing stuff. Yeah, dot dot dot. Get vaccinated. The heckler is yelling at him, and the reporter is yelling at him. Get vaccinated in articles and in headlines, and then uh, the fifty-nine-year-old reporter at the Australian Open where Djokovic is playing and winning, ironically, drops dead like nobody's business. Isn't that crazy? Completely nuts. Yes, sir. Uh, I don't think I've mentioned that we're at 888-630-9625, 888-630-9625. I've got a couple of different Chicago stories about uh, the crime that the illegal aliens are bringing and the panic attacks that the mayor of Chicago is having to the point where he's in the hospital, completely nuts. Um, these are the people running our major cities, running the United States of America. We're not in very good shape when it comes to comes to so many things. Uh, by the way, what are we at now? 104 days, 105 days, Israel, of the hostages being held. How many American hostages? It's impossible to say because they've probably tortured and murdered some of them and uh, we, we think maybe eight American hostages, but how many, how many hostages Israeli and, and American hostages are being held by the troglodytes from hell of Hamas? Nobody knows, but the news media isn't covering it at all. And this, this kind of amazes me for a number of reasons. The, the New York Post has families of Israeli hostages pledge to take extreme actions those are the words being used. Extreme actions after 104 days of captivity. Maybe you should kidnap some of their leaders and hang them by their feet uh, in a town square somewhere and then ask again if they'd like to release the hostages. Or maybe we should blacken the skies with B-52s over the Gaza just as a demonstration and say, hey, release the American hostages. So how, how long is it that American hostages... Uh, can be held without a word from the White House or the State Department or the news media. Bring back, I saw, what's his name, Ted Koppel was on CBS yesterday morning, on CBS Sunday morning doing a piece doing a piece there. Ted Koppel got famous because of the hostages that were taken in Iran on November 4th, 1979 by the Islamic Revolution. And uh, we counted out loud the days that the American hostages were held. It was a total of 444 days that they were held, and they were released by the uh, troglodytes in Tehran. The day that Ronald Reagan was, was sworn in as president of the United States because peace through strength and, you know, hostages through weakness and all that stuff. But the American hostages that are being held are being completely ignored. And the American news media could care less. And I was I was talking to a friend about this over the weekend, and and uh, you know it's kind of amazing that that we have American hostages being held by by Hamas along with lots of Israeli hostages, and it's not a daily drumbeat. It's not a daily news story. It's not a weekly news story. It's not a monthly news story. It's not a news story at all. The news media doesn't cover it. And I was trying to figure out why that is. Why why would we have Nightline being born and being made big because they're day 121, America held hostage, and there's nothing here. 
Nothing. Not a peep. And it doesn't even have to be the, it's not quite the same. They didn't overrun our embassy, but there are a lot of American that, and the government wasn't uh, toppled and in the hands of radical Islamists. And, you know, Jimmy Carter, we had Jimmy Carter then, we've got Joe Biden now. There is symmetry there, not positive symmetry, but there is symmetry there. And why, why, oh, why does the U.S. government not care about Americans being held hostage by Hamas? And we know that they're torturing, cutting people up, raping people, murdering people, decapitating people. We know that all that's happening. Oh, there's another story today that, that oh, it's the Washington Post that uh, a lot of people are claiming that, oh, it was the Israelis that killed everybody on October 7th and not Hamas. And, and the Washington Post is trying to blame that on Republicans when we see them marching in the streets and on campuses. And it's all lefties. But the, uh, the Washington Post is engaged in a disinformation campaign. Uh, now, back to the, to the hostages, because 1979, November 4th, U.S. Embassy overrun Tehran. Uh, hostages taken. 444 days later, uh, Jimmy Carter is leaving the White House on January 20th. Uh, 1981, and Ronald Reagan is about to move into the White House. As he took the oath of office, the American hostages flew out of Iranian airspace because they knew not to mess with Ronbo, because Ronbo would uh, would smite them. He would crush them. So I let him go. And and that is uh, 444 days later. That is a, an interesting and cautionary tale. But now, why is there no attention being paid to, paid to the hundreds of hostages, including, uh, I guess, an unknown number of Americans, some of whom are dual citizens, U.S. and Israeli citizens, but they're Americans, and there's no talk at all. And I think the primary driving force is that the left is here, and the left doesn't care about human life. That, that, that might sound harsh, but it's true. The left is here, and the Democrat Party is the left. They're not liberals anymore. This party is the party of the left. And they don't care about human life. Human life is not their thing. 63 million abortions, they would tell you, is a good start, you know? And there's more parking for everybody. It's, uh, you know, I, w- I think I was singing Randy Newman, a boom goes London, boom Perry. More room for you and more room for me. Let's drop the big one and see what happens. Uh, it's kind of a fun song by Randy Newman. But they they want, um, they don't like people at, at uh, humanity, humankind. They don't like it. At Davos, they talk about population reduction, right? Reducing the population of the planet Earth to save the snail darters because they care very deeply about snail darters and red-cocketed woodpeckers. But they don't like humanity very much at all. And I think the reason that, you know, one possible explanation, just uh, spitballing with a friend of mine over the weekend, is that uh, it's because I think in 1980, we cared more about human life as a culture, as a civilization, than we do today, at least the Democrat Party. Because I don't think they really care about human life so much. They they care more about... Um, changing the climate of the planet Earth, which they're not doing and they're not going to be able to do. But they'd be happy to eliminate their, you know, they're talking about eliminating hundreds of millions of people because of the weather. It'll make the weather better, make the climate better. Amazing stuff. But 
Well, that's the hypothesis I came up with. I'm still noodling on it. I'm still spitballing. And we are at 888-630-9625. Okay, so we've got politics. We've got border. We've got mayhem uh, all over the place for you today. Uh, but, you know, hey, it'll be fun. It's a fun kind of mayhem. Let's uh, let's go to the telephones now. Let's go to let's go to Jim calling from Gainesville, Virginia. Jimmy, you're on the Chris Plant show. Uh, line one. Hey, Jim. Top of the morning, Chris. Welcome, welcome. I have a common, I have a common sense solution for Jokovic next time we have the uh, United States Open tennis tournament. Uh-huh. Simply give a message to him. Say, Chris, fly into Juarez. Tijuana, walk across, wait across, however you want to do it. In broken English, say, I want cell phone. I want to go by Emmy. And he'll get a free ride and get to wherever his destination is, uh, courtesy of the United States government and our president, Mr. Biden. Uh, I I got to tell you, with the open border thing, anybody can walk. You know, we've had tens of thousands of Chinese just last year. Uh, I think more than 24,000 Chinese came in across our southern border. And, and China does not border us to the south. That's, that's pretty extraordinary, isn't it? You bet it is. Neither does Djokovic's home country. But all, <laughs> I'm just saying that uh, the guy can uh, give a fake name. He doesn't have to declare <laughs> he's got a shot. He doesn't have to say he's a criminal. Anything. And... Uh, just go to the tournament and beat everybody. I, uh, you know, the, I, I, I expect the FBI would have to come in with helicopters and fast rope down onto the court and drag them away. Well, well, well I, I got to tell you, I, I've got audio for you, Jim, that I want to play. In fact, I may get to it right after the news here uh, of an illegal alien coming across our southern border. And someone asked him where he's from. And you'll never believe the answer that he gave. The guy has terrorists written all over him. There should be a SEAL team out after this guy. Where do you hear this audio? The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. 